Newcastle Fans TV. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Greenman and Mourner Show here on Newcastle Fans TV. We have got a radio DJ, a broadcaster, a presenter extraordinaire. And he is a massive Newcastle fan, he works with me occasionally on True Faith as well. Uh, it's Emil Franchi, Sam Mourner. And Emil, what? Well, top man actually, so let's get it out there. Top man, really, really good to chat to Emil about all things Newcastle United and a bit of traffic and travel as well. For a change, don't, don't, because people hit now, you people are going to switch off now because, like, I, I've got really got to wind this traffic and travel stuff up. It's not going to happen for me, I know that, but you know, I, I will, I will endeavor to stop mentioning traffic and travel in Greenwood and Mono shows going forward. Um, but yeah, great show this one was. Um, yeah, absolute man. So it was a, a real good one. So you're in for a treat. Lovely, light-hearted spirit. And uh, yeah, all good. Yeah, Emil has been on every radio radio, uh, <laughs> radio show note of man. But at the minute, he, he currently works between two radio stations at the minute. Absolute the radio. The big two. The big, yeah, they literally are the big two at the minute. Absolute Radio and BBC Radio One, of course, they are the big two. And he, he was at heart for four and a half years as well, just left that just under a year ago. And he's been very, very, I was, I was not going to say fortunate, but he, I think the, he is very, very good at what he does, Emil. But you look at the, the jobs that he's got at the minute, Premier League productions, where he, he probably considered himself fortunate to interview a vast, uh, vast array of Premier League players and he's now obviously talking to the likes of Cesar Azpilicueta, Pontus Janssen, Callum Wilson, Nick Pope, Harvey Barnes, Neil Morpay, Dwight McNeil, the list goes on. And there'll be more to come because he's doing this on a regular basis. Mm. But I think I think speaking to Emil on the podcast, Sam, radio is where his heart lies, isn't it? Yeah, radio's great. I'm a bit of a radio geek as well, as uh, you'll come to learn. But um, no, he's done incredibly well for himself, and um, rightly so. He's a very, very, very talented guy and uh, very good at what he does. So it's great to have him on. And uh, yeah, we ask all the big, hard-hitting questions as usual. <laughs> you'll, but, you'll love <laughs> but do you want uh, a hard-hitting question um, for us? Young Jonathan, I will always like a question, Samuel. So, is it that time of the week? Let's have an email. It's email time, it's the first email time of 2023. And this one is, um, it's a I won't say a delicate one, um, it's off a chap called Martin. Um, from Denmark, he says, Hi, fellas. Uh, I'm coming over to the Leicester game with my terminally ill brother. Um, and it was his first time in Newcastle. Um, I'm paraphrasing for, for you know, English translation stuff. Um, and he, he, Martin wants to know the best places to take him uh, on a match day before the game. And, uh, yeah where's uh where's good to go so johnny it's your city where should martin take his brother for his first experience around newcastle and uh, around st james's park 
<laughs> it depends what time you go. <laughs> um, for me, this is a really interesting question. It's a really good question as well. So keep these questions coming in. If you want your question, uh, questions read out, by all means, we will do that on the podcast intros throughout the year. Uh, uh, mine, mine has changed over the years. I know certain people have their own rituals. I remember Adam, friend of the channel who, who used to be a part of Newcastle Fans TV, he likes to spend his time at the Irish Centre in, uh, in Newcastle. No, he always used to go to Roses, didn't he? He did go to Roses, but he, he, he did go to the, the Irish the Irish Centre as well, which is a really good place to have a drink as well. Mm, I would recommend that. Yeah, I, I'm really... Re it's, it, mine's changed. I always, end up, I always end up going to Shearer's or Terrace Bar, depending on how busy Shearer's is. And mm. I just like to be inside the ground, get a sense of the atmosphere, even though we're not in the ground, but we are in the ground, if that makes sense. And if that's what you want in terms of being at St. James's Park before the game, that's ideal, because it's, it's literally there. And to, to say you've had a pint with Shearer's or something there, that can never be taken away. In terms of something that's a little bit different, the most popular place in the, at the minute in the place that I go, I would say I've been to say 75% of games before kickoff is Wonderbar, which is in the gate, which is, a, I suppose it's like a shopping centre, but it's not a shopping oh, centre. Yeah, like, yeah, it looks like a shopping centre. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't recommend that for, for, for you and your brother, Martin, if you're, if you're listening. I, I would, I think you're on the, the right lines initially. This is like, you know, first time over, with, you know, with his poorly brother. I, I, I think keep it simple. I think have a drink at the, t uh, the Irish Centre. Maybe pop in, I was pop, in, the, pop, in, pop in the pop in the strawberry. See the memorabilia in round the strawberry. Um, I mean, go up the upstairs bit to the the terrace there. That's lovely. And pop your head in shares, as you say. But I, I, I as, as you know, Johnny, because you know, I'm normally with you on a match day when I'm up there. Um, I, I will dive in the terrace bar instead of shares nowadays. It, it's it's funny actually, Sam, because. <laughs> One of the one of the first times you you came up to Newcastle, um, you wanted to meet at like eleven o'clock. I was like, what's he wanting to meet eleven o'clock for? The match doesn't kick off till three or four or whatever. And I'm thinking, well, hold on a second. He doesn't go to Newcastle all the time. He doesn't get to every single game, so he wants to sample the atmosphere. He wants to, you know, go to as many pubs or go in different places before the game. And I'm like, and so I was thinking, oh yeah, that makes sense actually. But. Mm. Uh, I think I think the one the one game that we did it properly and we did it really good was this was the the Spurs game the, the game before the game after the takeover was announced and we went that, everywhere, didn't we? That was yeah, that was incredible. That was kind of a one off occasion where the whole city was bouncing and the atmosphere that, that day was, was just one of a kind. But yeah, for a normal traditional match day, it's a cup night as well. So I don't know what time you and your brother are getting into Newcastle from Denmark mine, but um, whether you're there the night for the day or whatever. And I hope I hope um, we won for you at the in the Carabao Cup quarter final as well for for you and your brother, and we wish you both well. Um, I I would yeah I would keep it fairly simple. I mean, if you wanted to have a putter on into the into the city or whatnot in the daytime, there's some lovely uh, eateries, gastro pubs around Quayside and whatnot. But you can't really go yeah. wrong, can you? No, you definitely can't. And it's the uh, best city in the world. Yeah, I think it'll only get better if Newcastle keep on doing as well as they are. I think there'll be more places to go. And with, with Newcastle, the other the other bonuses, there's over a hundred pubs you could go to, and and that's not I think within like a half mile radius or a mile radius of the ground. That's just bonkers. It's absolutely bonkers. You don't get that. I mean, one else. thing one thing we didn't think about if Martin and his brother didn't actually want to go to a pub. 
Like a restaurant, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you might you might just want to go to a restaurant, might go for a restaurant. There's so many places to eat nowadays. Like, I I I, I generally don't eat before a game, and if if I'm if, if Newcastle win, and I feel like oh yes, I'm willing to spend X amount of money because Newcastle won a game. Um, there's there's so many different places nowadays. You, 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 honestly, there's you could go absolutely anywhere. It depends what you really want, I suppose. But um, I don't know. Is there like a, is there like a hidden gem? Do you think? Ooh, in terms of food, or just in terms of a place in general? Place in general that's walkable from St James's. I mean, pretty much everywhere is walkable from St James's. Big, big market chippy, probably. <laughs> yeah, we went there after the night of Garen Webster. Me and Liam did. I don't think you got anything from there. No, I didn't. I was just very jealous of what Liam was having because he had like a kebab wrap with chips and curry sauce inside it and he was eating it in the, um, in the office. I was very, very jealous. But yes, that was very, very good. Um, but no, there's so many places. Like I, I like the big market, not for food, just for, for a drink as well. Like Filthies, I like Cozy Joe's. Um, so they're, they're, kind of a, they're kind of like my go-to, if I'm honest. But uh, yeah. Next time. Martin have a great time. Yeah, and I hope he has a great time and makes it really special for his brother. Um, so that, that, that's, the, that's the main thing. We wish you both well, as I say. But uh, yeah, do keep sending us in your emails to info at newcastlefanstv.com and uh, we'll read them out in the uh, podcast intros for you. Of course we will. Just last word on Emil. How far can this young man go? As far as he wants. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. You, you tell me. I, th- I think he's got, I think he could potentially get a full-time proper, like not, I'm not saying proper position, proper, but proper job. Less. No, not a proper job because it, because it's, 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 it's like he probably won't even call it a proper job because it's something that you enjoy. Your job's meant to be something that you, you're there to, you know, earn money, but to enjoy it, it's certainly an added bonus, but I would say, you know, a full-time slot, have his own show, add a radio on oh, yeah. absolute radio, you know, yeah, two yeah. massive radio chains. So I'm sure he'd be happy with either one, to be honest, right now. But to get his little bit of Newcastle United fix in the middle of that, I'm sure he'll take that as well. Maybe at Wembley. Who knows? Who knows? Um, yeah, but I think it's about time to get this show up and running. And just before I do, Sam, what number episode is this? 128. Is that a guess or you know that? I'm 99% sure. I'm not going to say this is episode 128 to start with. Then. <laughs> I'll leave that just in case it's wrong. <laughs> so this is the Greenwood and more the show. And it is with Emil Franchi. The Greenwood and Mulliner show on Newcastle Fans TV. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Greenwood and Mulliner show here on Newcastle Fans TV. Today, me and my co-host Sam Mulliner are joined by a presenter extraordinaire. Every radio station he's pretty much been on. He's been on Premier League Productions. He's been on True Faith. And he's bloody good at it. So it's a big welcome. So, Emil Franchi, Emil, welcome to the Green and Mulder Show. I'm I'm so happy to be on this famous institution of, of the Newcastle Fan Media Network. I, I never thought I'd see the day. Feels quite surreal to be to be getting interviewed when normally it's it's the other way around. But thanks for having us on, lads. Really pleased to be here. Do you feel like you've made it now? <laughs> you know what? It was I, I was a bit worried because we're nine days into the new year, and I was thinking, oh man, I, you know, not quite 
there yet in terms of thinking this is the year. Now, as soon as Johnny messaged me the other day, I was like, yeah, this is it. That's it. That's the one. We're in. Um, Take that, Radio 1. Shove that exactly. up the BBC See, sounds. Yeah. Last week was all right, and now this this is the main attraction. So re- really ticking off another thing on my, my bucket list, I guess. <laughs> Turning 30 this year and already thinking like that. That's what's going on here. <laughs> To meeting Callum Wilson and Nick Pope in the last few months to now meeting me and Sam. I tell you what, you are exactly. one lucky man, Anil. Um, <laughs> let's actually talk about Newcastle straight away, actually. Before yeah. we, you tell us about how good it was meeting Newcastle's best number nine since Alan Shearer and Newcastle's best goalkeeper since, since Shea Given, um, where did the love of Newcastle United come from? Who basically told you it's Newcastle United for you? It was my dad. My dad was in attendance for most of the the last cup campaign that Newcastle did well in. Uh, He was at the the home tie uh, of the 1969 first cup win, which he always likes to tell everyone about. And then I go, yeah, you weren't, you weren't over there there though, were you? You know, he didn't really, didn't do the miles, did you dad? Um, But look, he doesn't mind. He's he's got like the programme collection, which I grew up loving and um yeah just just from that dad's south tyneside and heaven born and all comes from him and then i guess my granddad as well who who used to go back way before then and saw saw milburn play but yeah that's that's it just a local local kind of trickle down effect fast forward however many years and you sat opposite callum wilson i i asked this to the horn sections mark brown who who met him in qatar um, but it's not really a question. It's more of something you can confirm for me. I bet Callum, Callum Wilson smells amazing. Yes. Oh, my God. Like, lit- I thought you were going to ask that weirdly. And, yeah, he did. Like, I'm not even kidding. So, um, there's a picture I got. I always get like the, oh, can I get a quick picture? you got to try and be like, it's just for the just for the socials, you know. But in, inside, when it's Callum Wilson, you're like, but um, put my, my arm around him. And then he went off. Uh, and I knew he smelled good already. But then I got in my car and uh, for some reason I just must have gone like that. And I went, oh, and it's, <laughs> it, it, it still smelt of the aftershave that he was wearing. Uh, it was incredible. Just a, a wonderfully clean smell. I don't know how footballers do it after like long training sessions and, and stuff like that. Because when I leave the gym, you know, I'll get ready there and I'll think to myself, yeah, just a bit of aftershave. But either they layer it on or it, it's in their blood. You didn't have like a Alan Partridge Dan moment where it was well smelt voodoo. <laughs> yeah, I was a like, Ted Baker cheap one from Savers while I wait for my Christmas present to come in. That's yeah, that's exactly what I did. Um, but I, I probably probably impress the next one now because I've got some after shave for Christmas. So I'll be like, oh, Savage, and then they'll be like, yeah, I've got six bottles at home and shares in it or something. <laughs> well, that's, good, that's what I was going to say. But Nick, did Nick Poker? Oh, what, what what are you actually wearing, Emil? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that was a good question because it was freezing in the uh, the training complex at the time, and I, I'd just taken like my my big coat that I would wear at the match, and I was like, well, I can't really sit and be filmed when this is a full length shot, so I take my coat off, and I'm just sat there going. And then he comes in in his massive big long coat. He's got the fleece underneath and everything like that. It's just yeah, I was I was like, can I have your coat, please, Nick? That time I was like, whatever you're wearing, can I wear instead? <laughs> <laughs> but what was it what is it like to meet Newcastle players today? Because over the years we've all been talking about Newcastle United and it's not been great. But now you get to sit basically right next to them, tell them about tell them about how good they are in front of them, which might be weird, but it, <laughs> it must be amazing at the same time because telling Nick Pope 
Nick, you're the best goalkeeper in the Premier League right now because you've got the most clean sheets. And he just goes, yeah, probably. Right, it's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> they they are very modest, I have to say. But but yeah, like I mean, the whole thing's surreal. Like from all of the the Premier League players that I've I've had the um, uh, real um, privilege of you know meeting. You know, it's it's not every day that you get asked to to start a job like that on the side of what you already do. So you know, I'm I'm really grateful for the opportunities I've had with it. But yeah, I mean, having the Newcastle players there. Um, just is an added bonus. You you still have to try and be a bit reserved though, because obviously you know it's it's not just for Newcastle fans when this goes out across the world. It's it's good and the thing that we did with Bernard the other week, Johnny, you know that as well. Getting to to do that with Newcastle fans and having such positivity at the minute, it, it's just a, a bonus. Um, whether or not it would be the same if Newcastle were having a terrible season, I, I'm not sure. But yeah, it's just one of those things, you know. You can. You can enjoy it more, I guess. The football's good, and um, yeah, it's it's a strange feeling because you do feel as though you know these players, yet you know so little about them. Um, and you know, you, you can't just sit down and be like, have a chat about the match. You've got to go in and act as if, oh, I've not, I've not been watching you play a lot. I've not been putting your face on memes for years. I've not been editing stuff and, and commenting <laughs> under under tweets saying, uh, do you fancy a pint? You know, like it's just like stuff like that. And then just you just have to hope to yourself that they've not seen that. But you never know. You know, you know, we've we've seen so many fan media get recognized these days from players to staff to ex-players that um you never know who's watching. <laughs> very, very true. What did you make of uh Ollie's pub, the Mason's Arms in uh Lovely Blythe? Yeah. Uh, we went there. It was, it was a great day. Good Guinness. Yeah, I, I, well, I didn't have a Guinness when I was there. It was a bit early. Ever uh, the pro settled settled for a shandy afterwards. After he said, because uh, like he did, he did say it was like oh, the the bar's open, and I was like, well, it's it's midday, and and we're done now. So you know, go on then. You know, Ollie Bernard's pub will have a pint. But yeah, it was nice, nice, nice reefer. Whatever he's he's done to it, I don't know if it was like that when you got there, but yeah, I liked it. It was um, good little pub. It's nice to see you know, former players sticking around as well. I think it's, it, you don't really see it too often these days um, when a player, I mean, he, he was here for quite long, longest short period, but not enough that you would say he would want to stay northeast. But then uh, when you find a family up here, I guess it's a, a nice bonus and he's, he's put some money back in there. Yeah. We went after we finished when we went. It was the day before the Leicester game, interestingly enough, uh, where Bruno got the last second winner. And um, we went to the social club next door. And you will never guess who was in there. Warren Barton. No. No, no. Newcastle player? He's from Blythe. Oh, was it Dan Byrne? Big Dan Byrne was in there with a uh, soda water watching Man City Liverpool. <laughs> Brilliant! Oh, fantastic! Well, there you go. Then yeah, they did say that he's he's, he's frequent, but you you know that, that that's one of the the great things of having local lads playing for Newcastle at the minute. You do see them out, but I've I've seen Longstaff watching us lose to Aston Villa in that that weird midweek game a couple of seasons ago, just just in a Shark Club. So when you when you see them out and about, it's like you're just normal lads, really, aren't you? And you see that in their interviews with with the other guys uh, that, that have been going on, you know, like it's 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 really good. I think that's it's one of the nice things of the cl- the club's output now is that you see the the down to earthness a bit more. I would say of, of some of these players, you know, the feels as though the shackles are off a bit when they when they chat. Um, and again, that that is helped by the results, but it, it definitely feels like they buy into this hype 
and mad how how mad the the fans are about them. The fans are certainly mad, but in a great way, in a great way, and especially on Twitter. The reason why I'm mentioning Twitter because I mean, you're one of the people on Twitter. It always always sees the funny side of things in regards to Newcastle United, whether that having conversations with Big Frank or you who's know, <laughs> an absolute legend, by the way. I love his, absolutely love his stuff. I have to be honest, but when you just see things like the song about Dan Byrne, for example, like <laughs> Blythe, you'll never ever beat Dan Byrne. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you think? Oh, I wish I thought of that because with your music in terms of radio background as well, do you think? Oh, <laughs> Do I ever think of songs and Newcastle players that could really work? Uh, I, I wish, but, you know, I think that you just have to be at the games. And, I, you know, how all the chants, the chants just start from what, like away fans? I don't even think that he's from Blythe is, is taken off at St. James's yet because I was at the Leeds game after the, the when it was taken off online and it didn't really feel like anyone was singing it, even though Dan Byrne was having a, a pretty good game. So I'm hoping it'll make its way in. But yeah, I mean, you know, the tweets and stuff like that, I, I just enjoy it. You know, there was the um, there was the weird Arsenal fan who who claimed that Dan Byrne was attacking Saka with a, a Chinese Byrne, which shouldn't be said at all these days. But, you know, I chucked that one in there with the Andy O'Brien uh, interpretation of it. Maybe that one will take off. Who knows? All, all, all of the Burns taking part at once. <laughs> Do you reckon, like, in 20 years' time, when we're, like, winning European Cups for fun and Premier Leagues for fun and whatnot, we'll just, people will be going on Twitter going, oh, really miss Grant Hanley. (laughs) I mean, purely for, the thing is, right, I always like the fact that Newcastle have had the the banter era, if you like, you know, when there was all the banter era threads coming through and, you know, Newcastle have, absolutely had that and and one of the threads i think it was johnny sharples who who ended up putting that one out it was just fantastic it was one of the best things ever regularly i will go back to find it and and see just how mad it is because that that's a real level of, of where we were like just some of the weird stuff that happened like one direction turning up at the training ground and and, and wearing kits and and get a picture with pardew like i know that that's a really niche one but like just stuff like that Weird stuff happened. Meatloaf going and doing a, a penalty shootout because he cancelled a gig at the arena. And to make up for it, he went to St. James's Park to, to do a shootout within one of the suites with a blow-up goal in a in one of the Northern Rock shirts. Like, I know that's very music-heavy, which is buying into this brand that, that you've created for me. But, yeah, it, it's just like there's been some – there's always funny stuff, and that's why I'm quite keen to carry that on because, yeah, I, I spoke to someone the other day, and it's like I think – it was a Man United fan, and I was saying, and, and a Man City fan, they were just saying, like, you know, I was like, does it ever get boring? Do you ever long for, like, a bit of a, a normal season? But I just don't think that happens anymore. And Newcastle... Yeah, do, do they miss Jemba Jemba? <laughs> um, he just... Well, he, he, it was more... I just said, did it... How, how do you find winning all the time? How did you find constant success? That was the bit for me, because I was like, you know, when you went through Premier League, Premier League, Premier League... Surely one of them's going to be boring after a while. Like right? be like, oh, we've done it again. But then I said to the City fan, and, and he agreed. Like seasons like this season, where you know, arguably I know we're in the mix, but I don't think we're going to win the league. Man City probably now pursuing Arsenal, and the 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 thrill for them will be in the chase, not the capture. 
Um, the capture will be sweet, of course, but if they do it in dramatic fashion, then even better. But I feel like City fans have got that quiet confidence, which will make it exciting. So I think that in, in the years to come, uh, and this is a w- will big tangent that we've gone off on here, but, you know, I, I think that, of course, we won't long for the, the days of, you know, Grant Hanley, but I do sometimes think that maybe we will long for the underdog spirit. And I think that's kind of the, the thing that's, powered last season's drive and it's certainly pushing us this year because we shouldn't be there right now um of course we deserve to be but we shouldn't be and and eventually when newcastle are you know depths in squad and everything like that th- there might be elements that we miss so time will tell it certainly will it certainly will and we're only halfway through this season right now newcastle <laughs> as we speak as we speak, as we're filming this before the Leicester game in the Carabao Cup or in the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup, hopefully when this comes out, they're in the semi-finals of the Carabao Cup and they're still third in the Premier League table. What can you see happening towards the end of this season, Emil? Because we've spoken to a couple of former players in the last few weeks and they think Champions League might be just a bit too too far in terms of Newcastle, might just be out of their reach. But a trophy is something that they should really be targeting. I know the FA Cup's gone, but that League Cup just looks something, just something so good. I mean, we've never really talked about the League Cup ever as a Newcastle United fan, not for a number of years. Yeah, I, I was just chatting on a podcast with the guys about this on True Faith. And, you know, it is that debate, isn't it? What would you rather, top four? Or, or would you rather we had a cup and we had that actual material value of the season there to say, oh, we won this thing? You know, no one gets a trophy for finishing third. No one has that thing there. Of course, you get the Champions League. But if we were to go into the Champions League next year and let's say we have a, a lack of recruitment for whatever reason or if there's there's questions about it, uh, whether we can spend to get to that level, would I prefer to see Newcastle lift the Carabao Cup and not have a, an embarrassing exit at the first stage of the Champions League or... You know, I know Leicester managed all right, and I'm sure Newcastle would do okay against some of the dross that you get in those group stages. But I'm like, we can do this next season. But the Carabao is there. Just go. all Everything you can throw at it, we'll have that day at Wembley, and people want those things to hang on to. So, and again, I think TalkSport have just been uh, chatting about this um, recently as well. You know, what would I prefer? Of course, it would be a cup. I don't care which one it is. Um but we've 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 got through these rounds and we're in the quarterfinal now. This is where I'm hoping that Newcastle can show off their football in this competition in the same way that they've been doing in the Premier League because the games have been garbage, quite frankly, uh, what we've seen so far. But yeah, I mean, it would be so good, wouldn't it? I would love to see the Carabao done and then the confidence carries us through to get a solid finish to the season. Whether that's fourth or fifth, I'm not sure, but I still think that we'll be up there. Um, we just we just really need to see what's going to happen when we play uh, a team that we can hopefully beat, I guess, because I, th- I think we're speaking now at a point which is probably the lowest point for us this season. We've just gone out of the FA Cup. Okay, we got a point at Arsenal, but I don't think everyone was raving about the point in the same way because there were there was an essence there that we knew we were up against it. And whilst we went to Liverpool and got a goal, whilst we went to Man United and really, really, you know, gave them a game at Old Trafford, Arsenal for me felt like the one where we looked a, a bit scared and it looked like at points it was 
touch and go. And we had to use everything we could to defend. Great defence, but when you can't even put a dent in them sometimes, that's when you start to think, okay, maybe maybe we need a bit more time. And, you know, we had the Man City 3-3. Great game for us watching it and seeing that happen at St. James's Park, given that it was so early in the season. But there was the element that you you kind of felt that Man City were going to come back to that game and possibly win it. Um, and okay, it was 3-1 and it was 3-3 at the end. It was like, you know, I, I guess it goes back to like the old, the Champions League Barcelona game. Uh, you know, who expects to be winning 3-0 against Barcelona? Oh, it's 3-1. Oh, it's 3-2. Oh, oh God, they've got Luis Figo quick run for cover like that that that's i think that's the element now of these games when you're playing these big teams it's it's fine to say that but when the two best teams are arguably better than you you start to think okay are other teams going to also have a resurgence like man united are having like liverpool are likely to have when they finish the season strongly so oh i don't know it's 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 so hard to predict this at the moment because of what's just happened like the Leeds game as well is is weighing heavy on everyone's minds that we we couldn't do anything to them because they defended so well so I just hope that the additional striker being back now is is a plus Isak has hopefully got a, a big second half of the season uh ahead of him and um, it would be nice to think that there could be some transfers to lift the mood a bit uh, eventually. I'm not expecting anything anytime soon. I don't think it'll be as big as the summer, but um, yeah, with all of that in mind, I think a solid end of the season. I don't want us to do a West Ham. That's the only thing. I really don't want us to do a West Ham and just capitulate in those final few games because that would that would be sad. Um, but then again, win the League Cup, Europa Conference League, finishing in Europa League spot. You know, my dad said himself that he doesn't want Europa League. And I'm like, well, what do you want? Like, you know, he said, like, oh, it's a rubbish competition. I'm like, yeah, but we're going to end up in a few of those competitions, given the way that the club's going. And that might be Europa League. That might be something else. Those competitions, you know, just, just look at Roma winning the Conference League last season. That was massive. And that's their first silverware in God knows how long. And you know, Roma's my Italian team surname. Look it up, and um, you know that's that's basically what that competition can do. I'd take that as well. We can win that. We can win Carabao. We can win the lower lower deck and work our way up like it's some sort of FIFA or football manager season. Speaking <laughs> when you mentioned Roma, there I just thought back to my Championship manager oh one oh two Roma team. <laughs> I mean, like Del Vecchio, yes, please, Battistuta, oh, yeah. Thomasy, but um. Look, we're we're in a transfer window, <clears throat> and and that Sheffield Wednesday game didn't half highlight some uh, lack of squad depth in certain areas, particularly in the attacking third. I think we'd all accept we need a new centre mid, but I don't know about you, Emil, but I would argue maybe a winger's more important because I don't like Joe Linton on the left. No, I want him as that midfield enforcer. I, I want to see him doing this attitude that he's discovered and do that in the middle of the park again so we can get like the Everton Norwich game kind of feeling to to him again because that that was when it was like oh we've got to play on our hands in this position now winger I think has always been the thing you know obviously Almiron's had the season of his life I'm not sure if Almiron will have the season of his life next year but how good it would be to have uh, a player that can keep up that form week in, week out, like Man City have had with, you know, David Silva and, and many others. And 
Miguel Almiron's your option on the bench. So that that that's the thing for me. And that was probably my main concern at the end of last season was if we don't strengthen in every area we need to, we're not going to have the, the the wonder bench that we need. And looking at it against Sheffield Wednesday, okay, it was opposite because it was the, the best players were on the bench. But if you're looking at the, the Leeds game, for example, when we were pretty much out of options of what to do, we didn't know what to do. Um, and if you look at the bench, I mean, like, imagine having Almiron on there, um, perhaps Dan Byrne when he's aged a little bit more, or at least we bring in a, a, a player who should be there. Even having Matt Target there at the moment is a, is a huge thing. And it's, it's weird that he doesn't seem to get much game time. I'm not sure what's going on with Target, but if you were to have a, a dream bench of the players that we have at the minute, there's a few players on that pitch right now who you would have on that bench as your best possible Newcastle bench. And that goes for Longstaff, possibly even Joe Linton eventually, because, you know, Newcastle don't have a ceiling, but some of these players definitely do. And and that's what we have to contest with now. And, you know, going back to what you said about what it will be like in many years, Newcastle are going to have to go through some heartbreaking moments with these players that mm. we know are running through walls for us right now. And, we're going to get rid of the first batch first, you'd think. And that's, well, the ones who aren't even there at the minute, like Hendrik, like Munoz went back to his club the other day. Like those are the players that are just... The dream's ended. The, books. the dream is over, goal four. Um, weirdly, I saw him on the same train that I got on the other week going to um, going to London. So that, that was funny. I was like, it must have been the last departure, sad time. Um, but yeah, no, like th- that's what I mean. Like we are going to have to say like, Oh, it's it's Almiron's time to leave, and everyone be like, "No, why?" And it's like, "Well, we have to." Like, this is this is football. This is how it works. And again, speaking to my city mate, I was like, "Who was your saddest departure?" And he said, "Oh, it's probably Dunny." I was like, "Like Richard Dunn," and I was like, "Jesus!" Like Richard Dunn was there at the start of the the city revolution, and he was like, "Oh, he was he was great for us, you know." But you know, who do we replace him with? Uh, company. I was like. Okay, right. See <laughs> you know what I mean. So you have to have that, and then you get another club legend who comes in, and that's just the transitional thing of football. So I think that, yeah, a, a winger in that position would be good. I know we looked at DRB, and and oh God, there was an abundance of names. I've got a spreadsheet with all the names we were done when we were doing podcasts for it, and the, the list is just like so long, and so many names that just never even got seen again after the, the first mention in a, in a small little print. Um, yeah, it's, I think, winger. And we're, we're probably going to have to look again at young strikers. I think having a young striker that we can develop, because we had the the heartbreak of, well, not the heartbreak, probably worked out all right, dodged a bullet with Hugo Ekatike, but that player that that can learn from those at the club and 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 become the future striker that that all clubs need then that that's your that's your potential future number 9 right there cuz Callum Wilson has said that he's he's still got a bit of time left but he's not getting any younger either and the injuries is a problem so um hopefully Isak is going to be a, a really good option for us i really hope to see that but I mean, imagine imagine a day where Newcastle have a famous strike partnership again. That's the thing for me at the minute. Like the Bellamy's and the Shearers of, of, of years gone by, the Bar and Cissé, 
I'm, I'm, I don't know if it's just Eddie Howe's style, but we haven't had two strikers on a pitch for quite some time. Um, playing in the same game, playing with that, you know, um, opposite kind of game style where pace and power was was the was all the rage. So, ah, just possibilities are endless, isn't it? That's that's how I feel every time I talk about it. It's like, yeah, we need to probably improve there, and we will at some point. <laughs> so that's it for now. It's it's just exciting, isn't it? That's, I think that's the that's the buzzword. Exciting, interesting as well. Because we yep. don't know who's who's coming in. Uh, one thing I would like to talk about, and it probably was interesting at times, exciting at, t- at times for you, Emil, was your fan cams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where did the idea come from? Because I know fan cams have been have been uh, been something probably the last seven or eight years, maybe even maybe a touch longer. It was obviously with Arsenal fan TV starting it, but you also it was something a little bit different, a little twist about it. Where did the idea come from? And what memorable moments can you recall? Yeah. Um, well, the, I mean, fan cams, like you say, they've been going for years. They've been kind of happening. Uh, you guys doing them, I think, at the start. Newcastle Fans TV were doing them. Um, Matty was doing a bit with the Magpie channel. And, you know, I think you guys kind of covered the the analysis uh, and, and, and stuff like that quite well. It was, you know, all very interviewee. So... I, I don't know. I just, I think that there was a gap for, I, you know, I don't actually think I went in with any idea when I started doing the fan cams, you know, when I, when I used to do stuff with Gallagher Shots and, and did it with them first, it was just very much like, yeah, we'll give this a go, see what it's like. And I don't know. I just, it's kind of what you said before. I, I've always got a bit more of an irreverent humor side of stuff. I'm not that bothered about what people thought about the match. And I think that when we did them at first, it was very much respite from a, a poor Newcastle side. Cause I think it was the, the first full Bruce season. And even then we didn't get a full season out of them. Cause the, the first game was the Arsenal one nil that we lost. It was chucking down. Um, and it was very trial and error. It was a bit of a laugh. I'd done a, Obviously, it was working radio and stuff like that. And in a way, I I did it personally for my own gain because it was like, well, this will be good for the channel. It'll also be good for me to have some footage of me holding a microphone and interacting with people. And it's happened. It's worked. It's It really has worked. So any people who want to do content and things like that, just get out there and just make it. It doesn't matter how many views you get. As long as you've got something for yourself, that's all you need. But, you know, that started. And I think it was we we, we, we got cut off because of the um, the pandemic. So, you know, no games to go to. I was absolutely gutted with it because I think we finished on two nil nils. So that was mm-hmm. that. But, you know, in that season alone, uh, the, it, it, it surprises me what people come out with. Like every day, every day that I did it, it was just like the next thing was just more absurd. And then I realised that essentially you can, you can poke fun at these people without actively doing it to the face and it's always fun when you're not actually being nasty but you just kind of you reel them in and and they'll they'll come out with something eventually because they're either hammered they're really angry they don't actually understand what you've just said to them and they choose to ignore it and you know the camera picks that up and everyone was like oh i don't think they realize that what you've asked them they what you've asked them there, sorry. Um, but again, you know, there was no, like, I was never setting out to stitch people up. I just kind of went, speak. And lo and behold, that's what happened. So I think the the reaction that I got when 
I put out a little highlights thing from the um, the the first half of that season, and then when we realised that football, you know, wasn't coming back with fans for for quite a bit of time, I put another one out and then switched over to True Faith. But the the, the reaction that I got when I left, I was like, oh people you know because we didn't get that many views and you know it's like the struggle for youtube views is is always frustrating when you think you've got something gold but i think that the reaction was like oh they were really good actually we really enjoy them because they were a bit different and i was like oh cool it was just me just you know acting acting like a an idiot sometimes and seeing what people said and it was them who were the stars of the show um so yeah, I decided to just um, when when I joined True Faith, I, I was I had no intention of coming back to them, and as it got closer to the start of the season, I was like, yeah, let's do it. And I mean, how lucky we were to cover the season that we had last year. And okay, I'm, I mean, I'm gutted. I'm not doing them anymore. But it's just I, I can't I can't do the games every Saturday, let alone get there. And I'm busy having to you know everyone's got to work so you know it's like I've I've had to make that choice and say that was great that was great fun but honestly I don't think I'll ever top last season for the turnaround how it started to how it's going pretty much with that it was very much like when the takeover came through I was like I've got to get there just got to get there cover that cover everything cover every single game and, and I got to every game and I was really lucky and grateful to True Faith for helping us achieve that and um got a full season out of it and i i think highlight wise you know there's there's obviously the the video that went mad the um the guy who described steve bruce and mike ashley very well can i can i swear on this am i all right to do that yeah, yeah. yeah. it was just the guy who said that um, <laughs> bruce needs to go he's fucking terrible tax is terrible he's got to go and then i said what about mike ashley and then he said oh he's a fucking fat whale within like without even giving it a moment's thought, like that was that was why I just found it so special. Um, oh, there was just so much last season. Like the the highlights reel that I made of that just made me appreciate how much of a roller coaster it was for starters. But also, the you know I was I was quite emotional at the end of it because you know the, there was people we always had different people on, and that that is what that is what to answer your first question, Johnny. You know what what made it different? It was getting different people just picking them from the crowd i never wanted to have like characters i never really wanted to have regulars and more often than not i never even saw half the people again to get them back so it was quite hard but you know every so often you'd get the the same person come back and you'd be like oh come on then we'll, ch- we'll talk now without making it like about them every week because some people did try and turn up and just be like oh i'm speaking to you again i'm i was like well no not really i want to speak to someone about biscuits so like you know it was it was just a case of discipline in it really and keeping it uh interesting but by the end it was just ecstasy pure pure ecstasy coming out of the sta- stadium every single week um at, at one point i actually was worried because we just kept winning and people got weirder as the weeks went on like and and and, and compare that to what was what it was like when i first started doing them the misery of those things and, you know, coming out and being like, just saying how bad it was. Um, we, we encapsulated it all in one season there. So yeah, maybe one day, who knows if, if, if Wembley happens, I might pull the microphone out because I might be in London by then and, um, and see, see what happens. But uh, I don't want to get accused of being a glory sport that way. But then again, some people say, Oh, fan cams have got to come back. And I'm like, I, I, 
if you want to pay me to do them, I'll do them. But I've got to do something actually where I earn money <laughs> rather than just making slightly viral hits. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're on the BBC gravy train though now. You, can, <laughs> you know, did they see? They must have seen the show reel. Um, I, I, weirdly, um, <clears throat> I don't think they have. I mean, I, you know, it's all out there, and and. Going back to what I said before, everything you do when you work in media, it, it is that, especially when you're starting out. And fan media is very much something that has given me the the leg up, if you like. It's allowed me to show off what I can do. It's allowed me to get all of these opportunities. Um, not to go too like sentimental on it, but you know, without it, it it, it is hard to to find how I would have got any of this so you know all of it everyone who I've, I've worked with over the last few years uh in fan media you know every time that someone went yeah go on then just do that and then i've kind of uh capitalized on on being given that platform so yeah i mean you guys know what it's like the the people you get to interview um and you know like through through getting contacted via the the true faith stuff you know that was how the Premier League stuff came about. I got interviewed as a fan, and then the the guy who now is looking after that show that I do stuff for, he was like, "Oh, we're, we're doing something." So then there's me, and then there's like actual like proper presenters and stuff like that doing it. And I'm like, "Okay." And then when we go to like Bernard's pub, I'm like, "I was, I was a fan back in April. What am I now? Have I lost my fan status? Am I not? Am I not a fan anymore?" Um, but yeah, no, it's. Um, I, th- I think that the head of Absolute Radio, Paul, he he saw the the videos, and he's not a football fan whatsoever, but he took great, he, like he, I think he watched the highlights. Really, he was like, "Yeah, it's good. We might we might use you for some stuff like that one day." I was like, "Oh God, what?" Like, in interviewing people outside of gigs and stuff like that, is that what's going to be? <laughs> Like people coming out of like Brixton Academy, and I'll be like, um, Alan so Maxima, describe him in three words for me, please. Sorry, I mean, um, you were at the gig, weren't you? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> in terms of your um, radio journey, if you want to call it that, yeah, I, I stumbled across a couple oh, no. of radio stations that Sam knows pretty well. Oh right, because he's because he's Stafford born and bred, aren't you, Sam? No, oh, I'm, wow. a, I'm, a, I'm a Shropshire boy, but I live in Staffordshire. I'm on the border. Yeah, so uh, he's on the so he's on the border. He's signal one. Yeah, Thank well, Sam, we got straight away. I was in Shropshire as well on one or seven. Because it was a network of stations. What, Telford was, FM. That amount. So in in true radio form, they all kind of came under one umbrella from Wolverhampton at one point, and Shropshire was incorporated into that as the Telford station. So Signal One was like this. This is going to go full nerd radio chat, but in the same way that uh, Metro Radio uh, is same company as Manchester's Key One Hundred Three TFM all the ones in Scotland, even though it's a little bit different up there, but CFM in Carlisle, you've got um, Radio Air, RIP, Leeds, Hallam, Viking, you name it, all of those, same company. So they all take a network from Manchester and and likewise with their Capital Heart London network with regional shows, which I used to be on. Um, So yeah, Signal One in in Staffordshire and Cheshire, Stoke-on-Trent is where I first moved to. And and that that network covered like nine different areas. And I think it was, you had Staffordshire and Cheshire, you had Wolverhampton and Shropshire and surrounding areas, Kidderminster as well, I think. Um, That was as south as we went. Oh, no, no, we were on in Swansea too. Bradford, as you can tell, glamorous places here uh Wigan mm. yeah 
uh, Warrington, um, <laughs> Bolton and Bury and Blackpool. And I'm probably forgetting one or two, but yeah, it was uh, it was interesting to say the least. But um, that was the, the old graveyard shift I used to do there. And then the rest, it just all kind of went from there. I thought graveyard shifts in them kind of stations can be a bit more fun than, than like daytime because like the music they play... You know, it, 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 oh, no. it's not on those stations. That that was very much what we're playing during the day with with a, a few spice tracks, as the head of music used to say, to spice it up a bit. To um, what, what Madonna, like a prayer. That that would be that, that's, that's it's just it's just rubbish, isn't it? Try to think what a what a good example would be, but I mean, some of them now get played all the time on other stations. It's basically just yeah, songs that you pro- during the day heavily scheduled to be like the 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 Natasha Bedingfield, your Gabrielles. Now she would be she would be a Spice track. Natasha really doesn't get doesn't get ruled out very often. Spotify loves it, recommends it all the time, as does the rest of the internet. But yeah, not as popular as you would think on radio. But yeah, I think that the way it worked was like daytime radio is very much your twenty minute listens. People who are in the car with the kids, work, school. That's all you're going to hear. You're going to hear the best twenty minutes of music that you would want to hear and then you switch off those in factories would give you the other side of that which go we we, we literally can't take any more of this if you keep playing it whereas on a night it'll get a bit more like radio stations have got a certain commitment to play certain artists and things like that so uh you get the occasional one just thrown in and then they, then they can go to bosses and go like oh um here's all of the times we played it uh, it was like midnight one two <laughs> so <laughs> looking through and things like that um but yeah, no that 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 was um, that that was the graveyard shift, and it, it was it was fun. But yeah, it was weird because those were like small stations at the middle of the night where you you know you you cutting your teeth, so you really had to. I really had to just try and think of stuff and do do things there. But it was a great place to learn. So that's that's the main thing. And then all of a sudden, you're in Radio One, and you're handing over to Greg James, who's you know done it all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. What a weird last six months I've had, really, because uh, you know that that was the thing. So I, le- I left my other job in heart last March, and you know, still doing fan cams then, and no idea what I was going to do. And you know, if 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 nothing had changed, it was very much going to be, oh, I'll just do a bit of you know freelancing here, there, and everywhere, and be able to do fan cams still. And then it just like July onwards, just everything just kind of exploded. And yeah, Radio One happened, Absolute Radio, who I, I also work for, happened in August. And then the Premier League stuff happened. And I was like, yeah, I'm not really going to be able to get any more good uh, sound bites outside the ground. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's uh, going to have to take a sidestep. But yeah, yeah, no, Radio One happened all very quickly um, and have been in and out of there ever since and you know continuing stuff with with absolute two it's quite strange radio has always been like the the first kind of thing that i i loved when i went to uni that was where i started doing it student radio and things like that never had any idea of that would be my career uh in like you know 10 10 years or so uh but it is and um yeah the, the, just yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm still i still don't really know how to explain it because you know i'm i'm 
back to where I was with the the um, start of my career, which was breaking into local radio. And you, you start at the bottom of that ladder, you work your way up, you get to the top of that one. Some people stay on that rung forever. I'm quite happy with that. But yeah, now I've kind of gone to the next ladder and hanging on at the bottom of, of those ones, just picking up shifts here and there and and weird times of the day shows and things like that so it's it's almost like it's repeating but on a on a larger scale now can you remember that moment when the lights are on the, and everything's under your control pretty much on radio one for the very first time because look I, i'm not an expert when it comes to this at all but when you hear radio one you know it's big time i think everybody knows it's big time it's like BBC One, if you like, when it comes to the television, if you're on BBC One, you're like, oh my God, I'm on BBC One. <laughs> so when that moment comes, and I've seen pictures of, I think it was like maybe a, um, a picture of him maybe 10 years before, standing outside Radio One, thinking, oh, I'd love that to be me inside the door. You yeah. were inside the door. What was that moment like? I mean, yeah, that 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 was the picture that I put up when I finally got it. I mean, that, that was just me scrolling through. I think it came up as like a, a memory. And it just so happened that I'd been in London in 2014, and this was when I was still like a bit of a, a radio nerd. I'd, I was just out of uni, hadn't actually secured a proper job yet. And I thought, oh, everyone knows I've kind of been dipping my feet into radio hospital and uh, and student radio. This will be funny. I was like, oh, just, just pop it in to see if there's any vacancies. Um, and then, yeah, it was like, God, what, 2014? Well, yeah, ne- nearly 10 years ago that that was. But um, it, yeah, um, being in there was, was quite surreal because I'd done a lot of radio and uh, at the time that that Friday show that I was given, it's very much a, a way of finding new talent. So there's a lot of people who do that show who have barely done any radio. And, you know, that that's massive for them to go from uh, a couple of student radio shows or, or something on Radio One's Christmas schedule to suddenly be on the station. So for me, it was quite weird as well, because I was like, I felt like an old timer because I was like, God, I've, I've done radio for like seven years already. And, and I've, I've, I've still not made it here. And there's people getting on straight away. But. You know, it was it was still as exciting. And you're saying about that that moment when you have to press play on it. I just remember doing that first bit. And I've, I don't think I've listened back to it, actually. It must have gone all right because they've asked me back. But I think I felt like every organ in my body was sat around here. And I was like, Ugh. so, but like I was speaking and I blacked out like I do most of the time when I'm on, hence why I've got to listen back to the shows afterwards. It's not like a, an egotistical thing, but it's, it's more just a, what did I say? So I go back and I listen just to check that I didn't say anything absurd. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, that, that was like uh, a big highlight for me. It was a, a big personal thing because, you know, I was, I, I, so many times in in most of media, I think a lot of people know that it's quite a you know small was a small pond, I guess now or, or like a you know big pond or whatever like that. I, I never really know what it is these days, but you are pretty much uh, you know limited for opportunities. So to get them and to to get them at the the very top is is massive. But um, yeah, it's just just starting again. So I'm I'm very much enjoying it. And if it if it did all end tomorrow, as I keep saying to people, I'm like, well, when I when I left my last job, I said to myself, I was like, oh, you know, radio want to be cool, but if if it didn't happen, you know, I'm a bit older now, I don't fancy it. Maybe Absolute, which I'm a big fan of, 
I got both. So like it was it was not, it was like really hard and you know, but both stations are really accommodating. I can do stuff for both. It doesn't happen very often in radio, but it's uh it's it's bloody cool is what I'll say it is. That's that's for sure. I count me chickens. <laughs> yeah, it is really cool. I mean, Johnny, we'd be rubbish because I would just go, F you, <laughs> let's do traffic and travel for 15 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Have you got your feet under the uh, under the tail enough to say, come on, lads, traffic and travel, that's where it's at. I want uh, to tell people about snarl-ups on the M60. <laughs> you know what? I haven't had to do a travel report in about nine months and I've never been so happy to not have to do them because believe <laughs> because when there isn't a snarl up, it's so hard to tell people who have phones and maps on their phones. And then you're saying like, oh, the uh, the A19's busy in the usual spots again. And then they're like, oh, you've missed the temperate traffic light. And it's like, yeah, but I also am not in the car with you. So how the hell am I supposed <laughs> to know? But to be fair, that doesn't happen anymore. I, I you know, I, th- I think traffic and travel on on radio stations these days is so outdated. It really is. Oh, I couldn't agree less. It's amazing. I, I know, but come on, if you put in where you need to be, just whack it in on a Saturday. Yeah, I know. Fine. That's not why you listen to traffic and travel, do you? Like, oh, no, no. Traffic and travel is vital. <laughs> vital. No, I, I agree. Yeah, I agree on, on major major stuff but i think that all traffic and travel now should just be the only reason it's there is because it's a chance for people to get sponsorship and that's honestly that's all it's there for the only thing is so you can go traffic and travel with such and such from down the road giving Sponsored you by castro <laughs> yeah <laughs> giving you it was like i think it's rob rob bryden was once on the radio and he spoke about it and being like for any person who does a voiceover for any advert like that it basically goes in three steps. It goes man, man on man on radio go, or not man on radio, but man on advert actor will go. Oh, and there is an easier way to dot dot dot. <laughs> Have you tried dot dot dot? Oh, dot 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 available at dot dot dot. That is every radio <laughs> advert that you could possibly find. Any voiceover person who's ever done anything like that, it just starts like that. There is an easier way, and that's it. It goes off from there. But yeah, it's just it's just sponsorship, really. That's the only reason it's on any radio anymore. I, and I didn't get into radio to tell people what was happening on the A1. I want to chat rubbish. <laughs> well, that is traffic and travel. Like, exactly. like, uh, like one of our lads, um, uh, Matt, who's making his way, he does a, he does oh, a yeah, show Matt every now and again on on um, BBC West Yorkshire, doesn't he? Uh, the amount, uh, Johnny will testify to this um, because it, it actually got a bit awkward at one point. The amount of times I used to pester him, just can I just come on and do traffic and travel? I'll behave, I won't swear. I just want to tell people about slow-moving traffic on the M6021. That is it. People don't, See, people don't even need to know about traffic problems anywhere west of Leeds because the whole system is, is a mess. So they know about that already. It's the northeast gets a bit of a shock when something goes wrong because you're like, hang on a second, it's not the Western Bypass. The whole place has come to a standstill. And let me tell you, the road designs around Newcastle are atrocious for traffic and travel. I look at them all the time and I'm like, how could someone design this so badly? Like you look at some, you look at everywhere, every other area in the northeast, fine. But when it comes to Newcastle, you're like, you've got a bottleneck there, you've got a bottleneck there, and it's like, stop, stop it. <laughs> so anyway. 
Yeah, it's um, God. What this is this Newcastle United uh, show? Is it? No, no, no. That, it's, my, it's, it my, it's my fault. This, this might back, be yeah. like this might be like the fifth or sixth guest we've had on, and I've brought up traffic and travel. Can the can the takeover solve the traffic issue around Newcastle? Will that do anything? I'm sure. It probably. Do you know what it is? It probably it probably could. It probably yeah. could. And the PIF um, said we're going to develop the outside areas because they'd been listening to my traffic reports and they'd be going. Yeah, it's you all your what? fault. You know what? This lad, he's got a point. <laughs> Um, I'm going to ask you three quick fire questions, Emil, um, and see. Let's see what let's see what happens with that. Okay. Uh, the first is favorite Newcastle player, but not Shearer. Um, okay. God, I've got about three because I've had three different eras of my life. But I think that just for the novelty of him being Peruvian, it was Nobby Solano. Um, I just thought, oh, that's such a cool player to have. And I think, you know what? When we signed, when we signed Michael Owen, uh, I was in Italy at the time. This is when like social media didn't exist. It was so exciting because you get the English papers a day after in Italy. And my dad came in that day saying, oh, we got him. And I was like, oh, amazing. Michael Owen playing for Newcastle. But then in the small section, and I think we just snuck it through. We got him back, didn't we, from mm. Villa. Villa. Snatched him from Liverpool. And I was like, oh, Solano's back. And we got some good extra years out of him. Um, so yeah, I think, I think Solano, um, but if I was to give you like my, when I had my first season ticket, when I was at uni, I think, um, Denver Ball was, was sensational. Um, cause I think that, you know, you say apart from Shearer, Denver Ball was probably the first striker that came to Newcastle and, and gave us a solid good time. <laughs> the second of the three, the best match that you've ever watched live. For Arsenal, Arsenal 4-4. Incredible. That's the same as me. Yeah, That's you say that, me. Johnny, don't you? I, I'm so lucky that I was there. Uh, got in late, didn't actually leave early, but I, I was I missed an Arsenal goal. Never mind ours. Um, yeah, that was incredible. We were late parking in Newcastle and got in there, and I think we walked in as Arsenal were starting their first attack, possibly. Um, and I was like, "Wow, like it's bad." But I didn't think it was this bad. And then, yeah, just the rest is history. And I've never, I, that was the game where I don't think I've ever felt the feeling with the ground shaking as much. There's, there were times, Isaac Hayden's last minute goal against Chelsea is up there, but that that was that was the one where I was like, this isn't real, this isn't real. I imagine the only thing that comes close was the Norwich game in the championship, but then not as special because it wasn't the Premier League. But I wasn't at that one either. I wasn't at that one either. Funny story about that is I, I was I was working at the students' union um, on that night, and I was fuming that I seen the results. I went to the toilet, and I was like, "Okay, okay, it's all right, it's all right. We're about to screw the championship season. Fine, fine." And then I came out and I heard noise, and I was like, "Yes!" And I ran a lap of the floor of the students' union, and my mate was like, "That's the second time that's happened, mate." I went, "What?" Check the score. Oh, my God. So that was fun. That was probably the best game that I wasn't at without even watching. <laughs> Little story in, reg in regards to before I ask you the final question. That Norwich game, I was invited for a night out in York. So I had to leave a little bit early that, that day. So Newcastle were 3-2 down when I left. And I hate leaving games early. Absolutely detest. I hate people leaving early. I just think it's why go. That, that just Just my opinion on that. And I heard it's because of, of the traffic and travel. That's why it is 100 percent, 100 percent, because they've not got the reports on the, on the yeah, <laughs> slow moving traffic near Team Valley. <laughs> exactly. 
But it was those days when the championship went and this never kicked off on time and there was ridiculous amounts of added time. I was just like, I'm going to miss this. And it was like 92 minutes. I was like stomping out in a bar move because we were still three two down. And I heard a noise. I was like, we must have equalised. It wasn't until I got on the train and I checked my phone and we won 4-3. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. I can't believe I've missed it. But the, the last question, in 10 years' time, how many trophies will Newcastle United win? How many is possible per season? <laughs> um, <laughs> 10 years, did you say? Yeah, so 2033. Oh, God. I'll be 43. <laughs> You'll have teenage kids as well, Sam. <laughs> Shut your face. <laughs> Traffic and travel won't be on the radio anymore by then. It's all- uh, <laughs> it will. You'll be on radio too. And here now, presenting Traffic and Travel. Oh, I thought, that, that's that's quite nice. That that's a really nice compliment to say I would be on radio too in ten years because yeah, that's like, that's like a it's rather than saying, Oh, you'll be on radio, radio Yorkshire, and you know, you'll be doing some <laughs> sort of like really like small shift in the night. Um, yeah. No, you'll be, you'll be on radio too, and you will bring me on to do traffic and travel. That's it, of course. Yes, yeah. Bobby Bobby Pryor, she's a lovely person. Um, Big so... foods to Bill when Sally retired. <laughs> Huge. Sally traffic. I'm fucking all about her. What would you? Just sorry, quick file from me, Sam. What would your traffic name be? Sammy traffic would it be? Or ooh, never thought about it. Um, about, uh, I thought of a tagline, Johnny. Traffic do you Sam. I... Traffic do... Sam. Traffic Jam Sam. Traffic Jam Sam. Oh, I like that. Yeah, maybe. I can't remember what my tagline was when I put it to Matt. <laughs> this oh, is how I far it went. I had my own slogan. I can't remember. Everyone, everybody does. It was something like in the style of the day-to-day of um, I sit in jams so you don't have to. Right, yeah. Something. It, I, don't, I don't know if that was exactly <laughs> right, but it was, it was like that. More jams than Hartley's. This is, this is Sam with the jam. Anyway, um, sorry. Maybe that's where Mr. Jam got his name from, you know, originally, is, yeah. before, before he got into, like, the DJing side of stuff, local radio yeah. DJs doing traffic and travel, Mr. Jam. Um, where were we? Uh, <laughs> how many? Oh, 10 years, let's say five. Would you take five? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Just a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, I... I take I, one. I, I don't think... If there's a league in there, I would be very surprised. But if it'll happen, it'll be back end of that 10. I don't see Newcastle winning two on the bounce unless, well, you just, I mean, Man City have done that. But when you've got another team like us in there, like Man City are, then it's very hard to compete with that because they are already doing that and they will continue to do that. They are just this machine now. Likewise, with a lot of other competitions, only one team can win it. And there's about, Six, seven, going for it now. Um, I, God, dare I say that the Carabao could happen this year? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if we face Man City in any form. They scare me. Um, oh, God, five, five, ten years. Maybe, maybe that's even more than we could look at. I mean, how many of Liverpool were in the last ten years with that team? Premiership, Premier League, Premiership, who says that anymore? Premier League, FA Cup. Champions League, League Cup. Champions League. Yeah, just the full set. League Cup. Europa League? No, no, Europa League in there. Did they win the the Club World Cup Championship or did they get beat in the final? No, they won that. They won that. There you go. But but, but yeah, like, okay. But there's there's five or six though. And that's in a very short space of time. But I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, it's so hard to say. 
Five would be nice. <laughs> I'd take that. <laughs> Five would be lovely. Five Keeps it exciting. It mean it means that we've. I think we need we need a few years of harshly missing out on stuff to really get us up for it. And then when it happens, it'll be so sweet. And it will happen. But if it doesn't, then my God, what are we doing wrong? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I hope we don't do too much wrong. But I will I'll take a little bit of heartache if we do get five trophies by the end of twenty thirty three. Well the twenty thirty two, thirty three season that would be that still seems like a long time away, but it will probably still because <laughs> it is. I'll think about yeah. it. Come on, let's <laughs> not even think about it. I just need to see one. I just need to see one. That's all I'll take. I don't care. One what honestly, that is it. One is enough. And I would have I would have been fine with that before the takeover. I'll be fine with it afterwards. There we go. 100%. Perfect way to uh, to wrap things up. I think Emil, it's been an absolute pleasure having oh, no, you cheers, on lads. the show. Thanks for having me. Really, I really, really enjoyed cool it. To you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You too, cool. guys. No, it's been absolutely tremendous. I think Sam I should say I should say a big I should say big fan of the show. If it's true radio, true radio style. Yeah. Big big show of the fan, as I once heard someone say to uh, Christian O'Connell on Absolute Ones. Big big show nice. of the fan. Nice. Did, did you want to say hello to anyone, everyone else who knows <laughs> me in, in Radio 2 style, just to prepare uh, for 10 years? Yeah, yeah, everyone who knows me uh, and everyone who I will inevitably meet at some point. <laughs> true radio, true radio style. And the people I never want to meet again, just, you know, just... Sam, where can everybody listen to this podcast? Links are in the description if you're watching this on YouTube, and then you've got all the previous 127 episodes we've done of this. Um, not all of them include traffic and travel. You'll be pleased to hear, <laughs> but there are plenty on there. Broadcasters, Newcastle legends, everyone you can think of. So for myself, Jonathan Green, my co-host Sam Milner, and tonight's guest, Emil Franchi. We'll see you all very soon. Newcastle Fans TV